You are listening to Ocean Potty, the podcast hosted by me, Mads Ocean, marine biologist, underwater content creator, and general ocean frother. Each week, I invite a new guest on the show for a chilled glass of wine or two and some lighthearted chat about the ocean. So stay tuned as I attempt to prove that it's not all doom and gloom for our blue planet. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ocean Poddy, the podcast where we have a little tipple and chat a lot about the ocean. Now, I can't believe I'm actually finally saying this, but this is the last ever episode that will be brought to you from Lockdown London because pubs are officially opening in the UK this weekend, as is tourism within the UK, Eek! going to the ocean. And It seems for us, finally here in the UK, the start to the end of COVID is finally in sight. So who knows where I will be bringing the next episode to you from. So onto the potty today. The past few weeks have been an important time for us all. For me personally, and for my non-profit organisation, Women in Ocean Science, it's been a time of learning, listening and checking my own privilege. Privilege and diversity have been a hot topic in the past couple of weeks and I think that if we have anything to take away from that, it's that a hot topic is exactly what it shouldn't be. This is an opportunity to create an ongoing conversation with tangible action and I think we are each responsible for ensuring that this momentum does not die down. Like in marine science, the scuba industry has been historically dominated by a white male demographic. But in the last few years, our poddy guest today has been seeking to change this. Now, I first met Sarah out in Komodo back in 2018 on the first ever Girls at Scuba Liverpool trip. Just saying, the back of my head is still their Instagram profile pic, hashtag claim to fame. But what's been so incredible is watching the online female scuba community grow and flourish since then. So today on the podcast, we welcome the founder of Girls That Scuba, Sarah Richard, and she is here to talk COVID, female divers, and increasing accessibility and diversity within the scuba industry. Sarah, welcome to the poddy. Thank you so much for being here. Would you like to start off by telling us your story? Cool, yeah. So my name is Sarah Richard. I'm the founder of the Girls That Scuba Network, which is uh, girls at scuba, girls at freedive, girls, girls at tech dive, and many, many others in between. Um, I'm from the UK originally, although I haven't ever really spent too much time in the UK, apart from now, when we're in lockdown back at home. <laughs> um, what else? I also uh, run another company called Away Through World, which is um, a plastic-free online store, which um, provides um, alternatives to kind of everyday plastic products. And yeah, ocean lover, scuba fanatic, obviously, <laughs> um, locked in at home at the moment. <laughs> so you didn't actually start lockdown by being locked in at home, did you? You were actually abroad. And now this is the craziest story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It seems like a million years ago. Literally, it's, it's so it, it's just so crazy that um, everything happens so quickly. But yeah, basically, I'd moved to Jordan. Um, to to start some really exciting projects actually with Girls at Scuba and so I literally packed up everything that I had here I was I was renting a flat put it all into storage 
um, you know, was ready to move. You know, I cancelled my phone contracts and everything like that. So I had like cut, cut ties kind of living in the UK for the time being and headed over to Jordan with all my dive <laughs> kit in stow, um, ready to kind of start some really exciting new products projects and see some girls at scuba trips that we're doing over there as well and it was crazy because i'd seen you on instagram um doing the announcement of i moving moving to jordan and packing everything up and then it honestly seemed like everything went wrong two minutes later <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it was it was march the 7th that we went and it's funny because when we went to I went with my partner as well he, he kind of like came with me and he also packed up his life to kind of you know, support me and follow me and in kind of all of oh my, my dreams gosh. and stuff. And, um, and his parents took us to the airport. And it's funny, we didn't even mention, mention Corona once. And it wasn't even in our, like, dialogue or anything. And it's, you know, we get on the plane and, and everything's normal. No, like, the, n- nowhere in the airport is it talking about it. No one's wearing a mask, anything like that. We arrived to Jordan. And then I think it was six days later, um, Jordan decided to... To go to be one of the first countries that went into complete lockdown. Um, oh my so, gosh! Yeah, so we literally went from you know planning this amazing dive project. We were on the boat, we were you know out diving, um, to literally the next day, um, somebody saying, "Oh, you better go to the supermarket because they're going to lock down the whole country tomorrow." I mean, we just got an Airbnb and we had no food or anything, and. Yeah, so we went into what was then known as like one of the world's strictest lockdowns because they wouldn't even let us go to the supermarket to get food. Oh so my gosh. it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like you have you kind of like survive on what you've got. Um, which I think is is fine for like many people that obviously live there and have lived there and have got like cupboards with some food or maybe know where they can access food. But like for us we were just like we don't even have pasta. And <laughs> um, what about but, you know, um, just, the tap water? Because I, yeah, is Jordan a place where you can drink the tap water or do you have to buy bottled water? You have to buy bottled water, yeah. So we didn't have oh, any, no. yeah, obviously, so we couldn't do that. But, I mean, what we did is, like, when we had, we just went to the supermarket and just, like, stocked up on pasta and, and water. And, and ultimately, it's fine, but it it's, you know, going from how we've been brought up and, and we're used to living in, in the UK to then kind of going into a lockdown in a foreign country where... You know everything was so foreign to us um yeah so yeah i mean it was it was tough but it was a good um <laughs> life lesson for sure <laughs> did you feel like they um they kept you up to date on everything that was going on while you were out there or did you feel quite stressed yeah i mean everything was in arabic so it was quite hard to keep up to date but we we have friends oh no yeah i mean um, i have a really really good friend that lives there and he was calling us like every few hours let us know what was happening and yeah, I mean, at first it was very confusing because obviously we could kind of see everyone back at, in the UK or US or around the world that, like, you know, hadn't even discussed going into lockdown and, you know, <laughs> like still going out, being friends, going to like concerts, going to football games. And we were kind of in our little Airbnb, not even able to go to the, the shop. So it just felt very confusing. Um, and yeah, I think from that moment onwards, it, every single plan. That, that we had just kind of crumbled. I mean, I, I was going to see Dan, um, yeah, I was going to see Dan the week after and I was going to Saudi, I was going to Kuwait and it, yeah, everything just literally crumbled from that day forward and long story short, we had to come home and now we're back in the UK. Gosh, that, I mean, that's probably one of the craziest lockdown stories because 
you literally arrived in a country as soon as it locked down. Yeah. Um, most most of the people I've heard about have been stuck somewhere already and then had to be repatriated back home. But I mean, you yeah. just turned up there and then kind of enjoyed the lockdown of another country, which... Um, yeah, I know. I mean, it's... Must it's... have been... <laughs> a story to tell the grandkids isn't it and it, but you know ultimately you know not everything works out in life and uh, and yeah coming back to England was a bit of a blow um especially with all the you know really great plans that I had for girls at scuba over in in the Middle East um but if you know <laughs> life life has its funny ways of you know mate reminding you that it's not all plain sailing it definitely does. I mean, I think for a lot of us, it's been really bizarre to be reminded how powerful nature is and the earth is and these things that we actually cannot control. I mean, this has defeated an entire world. Every single nation has been so affected by this. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty powerful reminder that we're not always the ones in charge. So um, these plans that you have as well in the Middle East, are you going to continue them on? once lockdown is over or are you going to scrap that back to the drawing board something different well yeah I mean I haven't really spoken too much about the plans because it was something that I kind of wanted to work on behind the scenes until we kind of like had the opportunity to, to introduce it but, yeah. but basically I was I wanted to start um kind of a side project of girls at scuba for Arabic women so I wanted to try and introduce scuba diving more as like a lifestyle like um, sport hobby and you know two Arabic women um I've had like an amazing opportunity throughout kind of 10 years of my last kind of travels to spend a lot of time in Arabic countries yeah. and to get to know communities and I've met so many awesome women who scuba dive but they seem to be a minority in their like friendship group and I would always have conversations like you know why won't you like your other girlfriends here and there's lots of different reasons why not and I kind of as as I kept going and going to different countries and um talking to these women there was kind of this general like there was there was the inspiration to want to do it but not really know how to and mm. I just remember thinking like well if anyone can get out a bit girls to start scuba diving it's girls at scuba <laughs> so I was basically going to be traveling around the Arabic countries um and just get to know the communities and kind of um invite women on dive days we were going to host a lot of dive days and invite the women on and just kind of show show them how cool it was and how you know just how that there are other girls and there are other women there diving um you know I was under no illusions that it wasn't it was going to be like a long-term project and um, that's why I just wanted to start it like myself yeah. by like really just integrating and getting to know women from different different communities in like the Arabic world so yeah like as as each trip was getting cancelled I was like oh my gosh <laughs> oh. I don't know. but um I wanted to carry on yeah this is a I think this is a really interesting and from my perspective a really really important project um having worked in different countries around the world for the last few years as well um something that is not seen very much in some of the countries I've worked in is female divers um, of these nationalities. So I think this is a really, really, really crucial um, thing that you're doing and it's such an exciting project. Um, and especially because you set up Girls That Scuba, 
um, at the time because there were a lack of divers in female divers, sorry, in the dive industry. And then what you're kind of looking at now is a minority within a minority um, of, yeah. of this niche area of divers where there aren't many Middle Eastern women divers. Um, and I think that's really, really, really important to open up these opportunities to everyone in diving. Yeah, I agree. And as you say, this lack of knowledge of not re- like wanting to dive, but not really knowing how to. I think this could be a really amazing project. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's there's a lack of diversity in scuba diving in general. Like that's mm-hmm. a blanket statement. There's a, there's a lack of diversity. And like for me personally, the, the reason that I wanted to start encouraging Arabic women was just purely based on, on my experience of spending time in these Arabic countries and, and actually seeing the, you know, seeing the women want to do it. But, I, you know, I've heard stories that, you know, in some countries, men have to be like chaperones for women. So if there was a female that was interested in diving, she would have to come with a chaperone. I mean, that's quite an extreme example, but it, mm. but it does happen. Yeah. And, you know you know then it was kind of like this this is like a, a huge project I don't even know what to call it a project or, or like a, a passion that yeah to make it make scuba diving accessible for for all women I mean and I'm saying women just because that's something again that I'm passionate about in in the industry that we work in in scuba yeah. diving but you know just just diversity in general in scuba diving is so needed yeah. it's like it's unbelievable um as you travel and as you meet people and the lack of diversity and I think that for me it was always um so obvious and my passion for getting women into diving then progressed into um trying to get Arabic women into diving and yeah it's an important project and an important project that we get all all women into diving no matter the diversity the ethnicity uh, the race nationality anything like that yeah. um, and that's something that's come up very recently as well with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And I think, again, it's highlighted the industry and, and how undiverse the industry is. So yeah. uh, it's powerful. And it's, it's a powerful a, project. It's the same across all kind of industries, I think, that span this ocean network of people. We have the same lack of diversity in marine science and marine biology. And the last week has been yeah. really powerful in... Um, forcing us to really now drive for change and um yeah again it's always been something that i've found very important i've always thought it's very very important um and now i guess this has provided us with the long overdue focus to actually make this change happen um so yeah i think it's really exciting that you've got this project well as you say this passion and i think it's a really relevant time for maybe after COVID for you to do it. Yeah. One of the other things that was really cool is um you I think you've heard of Flossie Barrett. Yeah. She um works for Manta Trust. Yeah. Um like so a couple of days ago. Oh wait, actually I think you did a <laughs> didn't you do a webinar with her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Floss does the um the education pro- program for Manta Trust out in the Maldives. And one of the most amazing things that she was doing was um, getting school kids into diving. So from the local communities, uh, many of them who had um, not necessarily a fear of the water, but lots of the mothers had a fear of the water. You often find this in island nations. um, And a lot of the mothers uh, couldn't swim or hadn't really swum before. And 
the program that Flossie was doing as well. It not only taught the kids to dive, but she'd take the mothers out and the children on these snorkeling excursions with the mantas and on the coral reefs. And for me, it just resonated so much. And it was so amazing. Um, While I was out there, I was helping on a few of these projects, bringing these women who had obviously lived by the sea their entire life, but they'd never been in to snorkel on the coral reef. Um, And that was a really, really magical and powerful moment for me to get to experience them experiencing the ocean for the first time. Yeah, I I spoke to Flossie about it the other day, actually, like just before we had the webinar. And I told her briefly about kind of, you know, a lot of people ask like, oh, what were you doing in Jordan? And, you know, I didn't really want to talk about it because I'm one of those people that I would prefer to um, actually have something in place before I like talk about it. (laughs) But I think it's I think it's good to talk about it that because, you know, we're not able to at the moment because of COVID. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Flossie about it and she was saying how she did it um, in the Maldives and yeah, again, how powerful it was. And, you know, I think that there are many people that want to start this initi- these initiatives and these pro- projects. And um, yeah, I mean, mm. we should all kind of club together and, and do it do it all together because it's very, very needed. And, and another thing, well, another reason why that's so good is it gets new uh, new people into diving and new people into ocean conservation as well which is another thing which is so important in this industry um yeah you know it's getting the younger divers and not even divers snorkelers free divers you know just swimmers whatever it needs to be um but i think that's another mm-hmm. really important thing so it's kind of like these kind of projects are just so important like getting younger people into diving getting a, a diverse amount of people into diving and just kind of yeah. changing the industry that like the the change needs to happen in so many different ways in scuba diving but I'm you know I think that we both personally know a lot of people that are doing it and um hopefully yeah. once COVID's over and we can kind of continue to travel and because I, I do believe that these changes can be made like by actually meeting the people there's one thing doing stuff online but I think when you actually integrate yourself into communities and you meet them and um, that's kind of when yeah whatever change can happen and I mean you've already proved that change can happen within the scuba industry I'd say from my own personal experience pretty much everyone I know who's either started diving or has been in the dive industry for a long time um, knows Girls That Scuba, says that Girls That Scuba as a community has encouraged them to start diving or the support that they find there from other women to um, join dive clubs that are predominantly male or to tackle issues that they faced along the way. I think that Girls at Scuba has been really instrumental in not only getting more women into diving but also helping them stay there and go up through the levels yeah of diving um how how have you found um the industry has changed since you originally started girls at scuba well first of all i mean it's amazing thank you for saying that i mean it's um yeah i I hope that that is the the general kind of thought about girls at scuba that it's encouraging because that's that's all we aim to be is inspiring encouraging and you know educating and um it's so nice that we have been able to make a difference in such a small amount of time because it has only been three years since Girls at Scuba has kind of been created. So um, it gives us all, all of us in Girls at Scuba, like, you know, you're a part of Girls at Scuba if, you know, if you are a part of our community, it's not like, oh, you have to work for Girls at Scuba to be a part of it. But I think all of us are like very encouraged by, by the change and the like inspiration that we have seen in those 
three years and it really helps you um kind of go forward and continue because if we can make a change in three years you know like who's what can we do in 30 years for instance so um it's very it's very exciting and i think like i personally i mean i feel like that's such a great question to ask me like what's the change i have seen but it's also like a hard question for me to answer because <laughs> you have to imagine like my life now is surrounded by female divers so yeah I'm working every single day with either individuals or in the community or in the staff and like all we're doing is talking about scuba diving and it's it's all of us girls so for me you know I look out and I think like wow <laughs> like there is so many more female divers than when I first started but the reality is it's that I'm just aware of them more and you know that we yeah. have the platforms like you know, have all these different platforms um, that are to do with females and diving or in the ocean. So the females are more accessible now, I guess, in this industry. Um, it's really hard because Paddy are really the only ones that release kind of official statistics, which are um, pro- pro- professional statistics, so dive master and above. Um, and they have just got this one that is split into gender and it's, um, I, it's just, just over I think 30% um, female now or a little bit over that maybe 35% female and they tend to release every couple of years and you can kind of see um, throughout the years that it's slightly gone up but I think from the, their <laughs> latest which I think was 2019 to the previous one it went like women divers went up by like 0.05% or something like that so <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to gauge, really. Yeah. You know, if there are more female divers, in my opinion, there are. Um, I'm definitely seeing a lot more of them and a lot more positive imagery in females as well. But we've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I mean, even if it, it's not necessarily about the growth, but now I think there is a solid feeling of community within with individuals who are already within the the scuba industry within. What am I saying? There's a feeling of community within the female divers that are within the industry now because we have a shared space which you've created and we have a shared platform. Um, So even if the change is not necessarily numerical, I think the sentiment and and the way that we can now all interact. And I mean, you have global meetups, you have trips, there's so many more opportunities for interaction. And I think also it's encouraged people to reach out to other female divers on Instagram now as well. Yeah. Um, I think people, it makes people a lot more confident in interacting with each other, which is just so nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, as a woman now, you don't ever need to feel like, oh, will I be the only female on the boat? Or, you know, I wonder if there's any other girls going diving. Like you can literally just reach out and there's so many platforms that you can do it on now. So so yeah, I think a sense of community, if anything, has something that's massively changed. So I would just like to say thank you so much for coming on the potty today. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Any words of wisdom? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, all I would like to add is, is that I hope that we can um, return to our new normal with um, some changes, but back to our diving lives <laughs> and our ocean protection and conservation. And I hope that you know we can get back to our sense of community and everything in the ocean very very soon and yeah I can't wait to dive with everyone (laughs) anyone (laughs) me me too literally I'm shriveling up like a prune away from the ocean I need to get back there I know 
So thank you so much for coming on today. No worries. Thank you for having me. If you would like to hear more from Sarah, you can find her on Instagram as at Coffee Then Travel. And if you'd like to join her wonderful community of female divers, it's Girls the Scuba. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you all next Monday. You have been listening to Ocean Poddy with me, Mads Ocean. As always, you can find the podcast on social media as at Ocean Poddy and me as at Mads underscore Ocean. For additional episodes and info about the poddy, head over to our website, newwave.store slash Ocean Poddy. And remember, it's not all doom and gloom. Stay healthy and have a happy week, guys.